cost me more. This is- They can't hear us. Thank God. It's a shit show. Right. Speaking of shit show, go. (laughs) It is the shooting the shit show. (laughs) And we are the shitheads as usual. Or I'm not sure. Or are the audience the shitheads? Rupees. No, they're the shitters. The shitters. (laughs) Anyway, this is Aussie Crafter Stiller shooting the shits. Hello. I'm Luke. And that's Crafty. That's Todd. And this is Gabby. From uh, that boutique whiskey company. How you doing? Hello, Dave. Good, good, good evening, Australia. Good evening, Australia. Hello. Um, Wake up, everyone. Dave is in the house. Dave is in the house. Dave is in the house. Are you joining us for a breakfast whiskey? Or is it a lunch whiskey? No, it's an evening whiskey. It'd be rude not to. Um, Yeah, you've got to. I'm kind of surrounded by whiskey. Um, <laughs> this is the boutique whiskey office, and just he's about really... everything's up here, I think. Yeah. He's got an office. Jesus. Yeah, I've just got a shed. <laughs> well, it's, um, it was my son's bedroom, so. <laughs> the joy of when they move out, hey? It's Spare space it is in the joy. House. Yeah, it is yeah. joy. That's why I could never move home. My mum moved into my bedroom the day I moved out. And that was it. I, I remember those days of the kids leaving home. Uh, and then yeah. and then coming back. And then, and then coming back. I used to have three <laughs> best man cave. No <laughs> That's what Todd did. He built a man cave after they left and he just finished. He was super proud. And he was filming from his man cave. And then a week later. That was great. <laughs> he lost it. Yeah. Yeah, and, the, and the other one left. That was going to be the gymnasium. Now I'm just a big fat bastard. <laughs> the kids saw that the rooms were nicer now, so they decided to come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I had them, I had them all back for a while, and it was chaos in here from three little ones to three adults, extra adults, mm-hmm. plus two huge dogs. Uh, but they've all gone again now, um, and I've turned this bedroom into a. Um, all the all the bedrooms are full of whiskey now, but um... <laughs> oh, what a problem! Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really see it, but the, behind me, I've got a nice little collection of whiskey and gin and whatnot. You have, um, yeah. Just sort of just oh, there visible there in the background. Because you the can't really is... see, but behind me, I've got a couple of empty boxes. Just so it looks like a <laughs> You need to extend that shelf, Todd. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic, Todd. Oh, well, we have a shelf for walls. Like yeah. I reckon he's just painted it. That's all it is. Just the painting. He just stole yeah. some boxes from outside Dan Murphy's. <laughs> so, how many whiskeys do you reckon you've got throughout your house? Oh, several hundred. Shit. That's yeah. a good collection. So, yeah, several hundred. I think I, I started putting it all up on Whiskey Base. And um, I think in the work whiskey collection behind me there, there's about 90. Mm. I think there's more because there's the, the bottom half of that cabinet is all full of um, cask samples. So small, wow. bottles, so not full bottles. Um, and I probably haven't put the new ones on yet. Uh, and certainly downstairs, unopened, I think. I've got, oh, the upstairs collection is about 100. Um uh, that's the, the whiskey that I've just over overbought over the years since. 2000. There's no such thing as overbuying whiskey. Well, no, I used to buy I used to buy two or three, 
um, drink one uh, and, yep. and keep, keep one and, and swap one sort of thing. That was the idea. Uh, yeah. And probably just ran away with me at times. And then you start working. In fact, for a long time, I couldn't even find my own whiskey. And I'm still finding my own whiskey that, oh, bloody hell, I didn't know I bought that when I'm clearing things out. Because, you know, working in the industry, all of a sudden you get a, uh, a huge collection especially with the amount of whiskey that we've put out over the last 10 years. It's, uh, it's, there's a lot of whiskey that we put out. Um, yeah. And, and most of it comes here first. And certainly I get generally one of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a problem. What a problem. We had... Um, Richard's been coming in already. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had two, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, Ian Croucher from uh, North Star. North Star, yeah. Yeah, North Star Spirits in Australia. And I've known Ian for years um, through Facebook, but we've never we've never actually met face-to-face, -face, right? So um, I was really looking forward to it, really looking forward to it because I like Ian. And um, so we get together and he goes, Crafty, he goes, you're taller than I thought. And I go, Ian, you're shorter than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but he told he, – he did, a, he did a class, right? And personally, I don't like the term – masterclass I, I find it very i hate you as well yeah. yeah and ian was very much like that not a masterclass it was just no. telling stories and conversation it was really really good wasn't it mm. we, we, we had a lot of fun and uh, yeah I've, it just reinforces there's a lot of eccentric people in this industry too which i really like i don't a lot of creative people yeah I, I mean, I don't like calling them masterclasses because I'm not a master of anything. I'm just, you know, I just fell into the place, uh, right place, right time, and, and just loved, love people, love whiskey, love telling stories. Um, yeah, it's just a tasting, simple as yeah. that. Um, yeah. Guided tasting, but even then, I'm only there to tell stories. You, you can make your own minds up about the whiskey. I, I do like putting tastings together blind. Uh, yeah. like I always used to take the labels off of all the bottles and make custom labels for the club or for the, the place that I'm going to do the tasting and just label them one to one to six or whatever yeah. I was doing, one to seven, one to six. <clears throat> and um, just letting people not, I've never, I'm never out to catch anybody out. That's yeah. not what I'm about at all. It's all about just removing those preconceptions. So you can slip in something that's really way out there. Yeah, mm. I do it every time. I slip in something that they wouldn't expect. And I did that. I remember doing it the first time. I did it with the Glasgow Whiskey Club, and I slipped in an English whiskey just for a giggle at number four. <laughs> and Jesus, the the uproar that, that happened when I told them what it was. <laughs> there was like, no one's bought an English whiskey in here. <laughs> and they still remind me about it today. Uh, yeah. They loved it. They really did love it. And uh, I was talking to the distiller at the time, said, might get lynched here. And uh, <laughs> just our first English whiskey company uh, release a five-year-old that... Um, yeah. Slipped it in at number four for them after after teasing them. I, I started off with a nice, you know, Glaswegian grain. I'm pretty certain it was a Strathclyde. It might have been a uh, a Port Dundas. I can't remember. But number three was a beautiful 21 year old Tamor, and they loved it. And, and I slipped this um, English whiskey in, which was a five year old, and it was a marriage of three casks. There's a little bit of smoke in there. There was a little bit of sherry in there, and it yeah. just married together beautifully. It was a, such a great whiskey, just for five years old, and people were thinking it was sort of 
10 to 18 years old and they were <laughs> a few Scottish distilleries and then I told them that it was uh, from the English whiskey company so this is uproar so I just grabbed my coat and said right I'm off and went to walk out the door you know? it was, I did I did go back and stayed for the other two but yeah they whipped me about it every time yeah <laughs> it, it's it's um it's interesting young whiskies um you know, people have preconceived ideas, uh, particularly with Scotch. That you know, Scotch, oh, it's got to be at least at least eight years. Yeah, and you know, it's only just a, a junior at that point, right? Some of the the young uh, four year olds, five year olds, um, Scottish whiskies are stunning, mm-hmm. um, absolutely stunning, and they're 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 reminiscent in some ways to um, a lot of there's a lot of Australian whiskies which is young and bright and fresh and vibrant and uh yeah i think people that get hung up on age um it, wow. it's it's to their detriment it really is yeah, it, it's those it, yeah. Marketing, marketing guys for you again isn't it uh it's those marketing it guys. they ended up you know they, they i remember not so long ago it really wasn't that long ago there were big adverts in whiskey magazines you know age 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 because mm. the scotch whiskey industry had so much old stock Yep, and then all of a sudden it all ran out, and now the next thing was no, 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 no age statement NAS, and yeah, it doesn't need a number. And it wasn't, you know, it's just looking last month's whiskey magazine, and there's this thing, everything's got an age, and the next we've run out of age stock, so now we don't. Age is just a number; we don't worry about it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And if you look back a little bit further, you know, five years was an old whiskey, eight years was an extra old whiskey. Yeah. Those whiskeys from the sixties and seventies, eight year old was a extra old if it's put on the label 50s yeah i mean you see those yeah it doesn't need to be old it's all about the wood obviously it's a uh, today in scotland there's you know refill bourbon is is common and we do need a little bit more time in refill bourbon you know not just refill but refill 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 um it's a lot longer whereas when you line we've just released a collection of australian whiskies yep and yeah, a second release of Australian whiskies over here. And yeah, we had those cast samples on the desks and they were being, you know, there was a load of old scotches on the desk at the same time. And every one of these two to five year old Australian whiskies stood up better than than these old, old scotch whiskies to us on our palate. They really did stand up, uh, which is why we put up another collection of Australian whiskies out there. Uh, just stunning, stunning whiskies. But, you know, people have this preconception of it. It's not scotch. It's only two years old. We can't call it a whiskey over here. Yep. Which annoys me uh, immensely. And because yep. um, <clears throat> you're not a whiskey maker then, because whiskey's made in the warehouse. Yeah. yeah look, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Uh, so Marty, Martin Pye from Riverbourne, right? He was on your, on your first collection. Um, so anyway, Martin. Martin and I did a online virtual tasting in Germany. Um, and this was, oh, God, three months ago, whatever it was. I can't even remember now, right? Anyway, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, so I'm going to bed and my wife goes, you know, you're tasting on this morning. And I go, no, 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 it's tomorrow. And she goes, no, it's tonight. And I went, oh, shit, okay, all right. I better ring Marty. So 1 o'clock in the morning, I wake up. And I ring Marty. I don't know why, but I didn't think he'd answer. But he answers and he goes, hello? Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's expecting a call, right? And I go, Marty, 
it's tonight. And he goes, no, it's tomorrow. And I go, no, it's tonight. And he goes, oh, shit. So he jumps out of bed, right? So he comes, I'm at the, at the shed uh, at my distillery. He's at his house, which is his distillery next door. Anyway, he gets up and he's got long hair. And his long hair, he looked like Woozle Gummage. His hair was just, it was, it was like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like he'd touch one of those static devices. <laughs> and then behind him, it was in his, his in his uh, lounge. Behind him was an ironing board, <laughs> just directly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we came on screen, and it was they went through Scotch, 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 Australian, Australian. So Craftworks uh, and Riverborne, and the feedback was overwhelming. Right, they. Mm. They really struggled to get their head around why it wasn't hot and why why did it have so much color and why did it have so much flavor and why did it have so much complexity? They just struggled with it because of the age. And I said, well, mine's three years and Marty's is four years. And they go, but it should be almost clear. It should have no no <laughs> flavor. It should be new makey. And uh, we go, well, that's, that's Australia. That's how we make our whiskeys. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to get across while taking out this Australian series. These are only two years old. We bought two two-year-olds from from Martin Pie, and yeah. the second one that we've got is well, both of them have been bloody excellent. The second one is a peated one, and it's just mm. delicious. Mm. Um, but yeah, the colour it's because you have this access to great casks. You've got a great wine industry. Um, you know, a sherry industry, a port industry, you make it all in Australia and you get that colour from, yeah, two-year-old whiskey, yeah. which is um, where we're using, you know, old casks. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, certainly the stuff that independent bottlers often get off, offered over here, so the scotch is, is, is basically fillings. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what the market is for scotch over here. Most distilleries are... are was known in the trade as fillings because it's going to blending stock, so it's going to going to, mm. going to warehouses. Yeah, right. It's pretty light. It's yeah. It needs a bit of age or it needs finishing. Um, and you know, putting into a sherry cask or something. But you don't need to do that because you're going straight into great wood and everything mm. that we've bottled it hasn't been finished. It's it's either full term in a in a, a an Australian sherry or tawny cask or yeah. It's uh, it's it's quite. It is quite of, different. We do have a lot of flexibility. And do, do you think that would ever change you drink. for you? Do you think Scotland would, would change the rules to allow a bit more flexibility into things? I think the set. I think I think uh, Scotch Scotch whiskey. I mean, Scotch, Scotch whiskey does Scotch whiskey great, uh, you know. And still, most of the world drinks blended Scotch whiskey. Simple as that, you know. Most most people do not drink whiskey out of a glen can. Yeah. Um, you know, most people drink it out of a rocks glass or a highball glass. That's the way of the world. You know, when I worked in the Far East, I never saw anybody drinking out of a wine glass or anything like that. It was it was tumblers and highball glasses. You ordered whiskey by the bottle. You had a, bo a bottle of whiskey on the table. It was always a blended whiskey. If you had some money, it was a Johnny Walker Black Label or a Shiva's 12-year-old. If you didn't, it was a local Thai whiskeys, which was okay. Um, one, the, the, you know, the cheap, cheap, cheap blends. But a bucket of ice, a bottle of soda and a bottle of Coke, and everyone just did it mm. how they wanted. And that's how people drank whiskey. Simple as that. Never yeah. buy the dry and buy the bottle. Yeah. And, and that is the way of the world in a lot of places. It's only... You know, recently, I guess fairly recently, that people started appreciating whiskey. Whiskey's just a drink. Um, 
will things change in Scotland? No, I don't think so much. So, I mean, we have got tequila casks now in, in Scotland, which blows my mind. It's, they're very mm -hmm. tradi traditional tequila casks in Scotland. That's, that's the power of Diageo, though, isn't it? But not cider. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That doesn't, that just, just, what? Um, yeah, that, well, that, that's one of the jokes that I have on my cellar door. Um, so I talk about uh, scotch and, you know, how they've basically restricted the Canadian used barrels, which have been historically used, right? And I say, mate, I could go into a Tabasco sauce, green curry, yeah, Tabasco sauce, green curry, sherry cask, if I wanted to, there's, there's nothing to stop me from doing that. And they, and they, <laughs> and, me, and, me, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Put a curry, put a curry, curry in an, in oh, a, no, I can't uh, imagine there's a, a tasty whiskey. Uh, I've tried, I've tried the, uh, the, is it a Danish guy who matured some Isla whiskey? I think it was Brookladdy or Buna or something like that. He put it in um, an ex herring cask. Oh, I heard about that. Ooh, and called it, 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 it fishy. Fishy, yeah. Not whiskey. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And what, how would you describe it? It wasn't. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. To but be that's honest. a that's that's not a high bar to jump over. Sorry, that's, that, that's not a high bar to jump over. Yeah, talk about uh, Bogan burnout. Oh God! <laughs> God, God. Talk, about, talk about things that that. Well, no, that was as bad as I thought it would be. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty bad. That one. Our our resident mad scientist. Sorry, Peter. You know Peter Bignall, wouldn't you, Dave? I do know Peter. Yeah, he's an yeah. amazing personality, oh, mad yeah. professor. Yeah. yeah, he and he he revels in doing crazy shit. Shit being the operative word. Shit being the operative <laughs> word in some cases. I mean, he's got the the one that's that's holy um, shit, holy, hol shit. holy, holy shit. shit, uh grain that's been malted with uh sheep shit. Yeah, that's dreadful. Sheep shit. Yep, it's delicious. Oh. Uh, uh, oh, I like it. It's not to my taste. It's got, it's, it's it's got a bit, a, a bit of a lanolin, lanolin thing going on. It's though. it's very earthy. Yeah, definitely earthy. <laughs> I, taste, I tasted some sheep shit malt from Iceland, and it was yeah. one of the few whiskies I've had to spit out. I mean, yeah, why right. would you do that? I mean, it must be an acquired taste, or maybe a local taste over there where they use it that that fuel to smoke yeah, maybe. meat and, and seafood, but uh, yeah. It was just yeah, like Peter does. Peter does this one uh, that is just the smokiest thing you will ever find. It's it's called Bogan Burnout. Although, what was the other one? No, it's Bogan Burnout. But we reckon he burnt oh, no. rubber tires. I'm, yeah. I'm convinced he smoked the malt with rubber tires. <laughs> he sort of led, led, led me to believe that myself when I was talking yeah. to him at a show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Um, so uh, the, the, the Iceland one was flocky. The Iceland one was flocky. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah Bogan's Burnout one is very similar to um, this Austrian whiskey that we bottled a little while ago from Broga, a little Austrian distillery. And they throw the husks, after, after malting the barley, they throw all the husks in the mash as well. So it gets overly peated and it is all full of those sort of rubber, oh, rubber no. tire so, smoke. Those guys step in here at this point since i'm still waiting to get a drink yeah yeah we haven't had what's everyone drinking tonight all right i'll go first because mine's special oh <laughs> special special person needs a special whiskey all right yeah yeah 
Oh, I keep forgetting the camera's here. Yeah, look there. Put the big light on it. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Go to the light. So this is That's the light whiskey. My new mate. Uh, but this was not distilled on my still. This was distilled on a huge pot column still at Ostra Distillers, uh, which I did yesterday. So the first time I've ever been on a pot column still. Uh, I was there with a guy called Ian, the head distiller. Ken, head brewer, and what it was is I sent two ton of red gum smoked malt. So Voyager, Voyager Craft red gum smoked malt, and uh, Ken brewed it up, and where well, we ran it through the still yesterday, and very very interesting. So that's going into bourbon barrels. That's actually going to mature at Ostra uh, Distillers for a couple of years, and um, I'm going to use it as base stock. Uh, down the track, blend it off with some craft works and see what we get. Now, what does it taste like? It's really interesting. It's got, you can certainly get a real smokiness in there. Good. So it's you, using, you didn't smoke oh, it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. smoky. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but not overpowering medicinal smoke. It's actual like barbecue smoke. Cool. Because that's using the smoked malt with shavings from Youngy, isn't it? Oh, man, that's changed from yesterday. It's mm. so much more smoky. Mm. We actually, when, when we cut it, Dave, I did a hearts cut. And then I was sort of getting into faints territory. But I thought it's not tasting of wet cardboard. It doesn't have those aromas or anything. And it was really tasty. Had some real meatiness to it. So I went deeper and did a second cut. And then this morning, we back blended some of that back into, into the hearts. And right. it just gave it a bit more robustness. That's really tasty. And that's a 69%. So it's going to smoke up, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're chasing all the smoke at the end and right. all those earthy notes. And it's oily. It's really, it really is. oily. They they ferment on the grain. Mm. First time I've ever done ferment on the grain. So, so. Good choice of whiskeys, Joshua. Yeah. Mm. Nice one. Gospel salt, yeah, gospel. Anyway, that's what I'm drinking to start with. And then I'm going to follow up with that. going to follow up with an Ostra. Uh, they're releasing their very first whiskies, and this is, a, this is a sample which is called Pink Whiskey, and uh, it does have a pinky hue. It's a very interesting whiskey. It's so one of the, one of the things here, Dave. Yeah, it's uh, one of the things here. Um, I believe, and and others believe that there's so many different styles of Australian whiskey getting made now, whereas previously it was. People were trained in Tasmania, trained in the Tasmanian way of, of making whiskies. Yeah. Uh, and that's now evolved uh, over, the, over the years. I mean, obviously, previously you had uh, Cam Symes and, and David Vitelli and Starwood and others and Smith, Ian Smith from Tin Shed. Um, but now there's just this, this huge diversity of flavors, whiskey flavors. You guys right. are hitting, hitting the coming out of the starting, starting gates with just absolutely cracking uh, really interesting whiskies. Mick from Imbue Distillery just released. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's really interesting. It's so smooth, and that's that's at calf strength. That's sixty two point one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I just, that's the pink. Awesome. Anyway, so that's what we're drinking. Yeah. So I can't promise that there will be any left. Sorry, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be right as usually says that, that'll be right all i can say is just watch this space for future episodes oh, 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 oh yeah because he's racking them up now 
I, I bring them in and he racks them up. So mm. he could be racking up some samples in the background that we don't even know about. Never thought maybe, about that. Maybe not. Maybe, he's, maybe not. He's got to have some benefit to doing that. <laughs> Dave, what's in your glass, mate? Well, I've just grabbed a bottle of uh, Return to Oz. So this is the, the Florio. Flur oh, yeah, right. yeah. Gareth and Angela, beautiful. Awesome. I just love them. They're such lovely people. Yeah, and the first yeah. batch was superb. This is their peated one. So yep. this is just three years old, um, and it's from a sherry. This is from an Australian sherry, an Apera. Apera, yep. Yeah, Apera. we can't call it sherry now. No. Um, so this is absolutely stunning. So I'm going to pour a, a breakfast dram there. Awesome. Yeah, put a link for everyone playing at home That's into it. the chat. I'll just take some of um, you're on. The thought about that. It's, it's on its way to Australia, I believe, at the moment. Oh, um, cool. So there is some coming back. Yeah, the, the whole series has been superb. But I really do love Gareth and Angela. Just such lovely people. And spending, you know, we spent like a morning like this shooting a shit with them, um, <laughs> chatting about what they do. And they're yeah. just such, such lovely people. And the whiskey's been superb. Yeah, I love what yeah. they do. No, no, they're, they're good friends of Craftworks. Uh, um, one of my collabs, uh, mm. sorry, my indie bottlings, which is a collab. Um, it was called um, Billy Miles. So back in the day, in the early days, they used to just fill two casks at a time and they would, you'd know the story, they name them. Yes. That's my Billy Miles. Oh, this um, one's Mary Ann Watkins, this one. Mary Ann Watkins. <laughs> Mine was Billy Holiday and Miles Davis. I named them Billy Holiday and Miles Davis. Yeah. And when they married together, it's, it's beautiful. I loved it. Absolutely I love loved the label, it. yeah. Great label. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And, yeah, mm. Gareth, Gareth and Angela are just people just um, – you can ring them up at any time, right? And, I mean, sometimes, uh, yeah, Gareth will go, Crafty, just just, just turn it down, eh? Just just, just <laughs> shut, up, shut up a bit, eh? Hey, just bring it, bring it back down. <laughs> many people tell you that, though. Yeah, true. Yeah. But it's <laughs> not about me. Todd, what's in your glass? Uh, because we're talking to the Boutique Whiskey, I decided this is a good enough time to open up this bottle. Oh, the cheek. The cheek. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's just funny. Yeah. There, there may or may, oh, you've got some there, bugger. Really yeah. Is that the 12 year old? Uh, That's the 12 year old. Uh, the day 12 year old, yep. Which is it the exclusive for Australia? Uh, yeah. I think it is. I, I believe it was. Um, there was a limit of one one bottle each, I think. So those yeah. of us that got them were pretty happy. Yeah, we did a mating pair, I think, two 12-year-olds, uh, Tobermory, and they're both from the same year, Tobermory and uh, Allergic. So, they, like, you know, they, they do peated runs for half the year and unpeated for the other half. And so these two casks sort of married together nicely. And they were both sherry cask finished, I think, as well. Yeah, I agree. Or sherry cask matured. I just love the artwork. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, well, actually, just very on tasty, that, what it is. Let's, let's talk about that. Then, the, artwork. the artwork. Yeah. Because yeah. artwork obviously makes up uh, a huge part of your brand. Uh, and looking at the website there. Half of the tastes in the artwork. Oh, absolutely. Well, it um, puts a smile on your face, right? Yeah. So it sets you up to have a good dram, basically. That's yeah. what I think. So everyone should jump Every onto the website and then go to the uh, Boutique Whiskies um, menu item 
And there is a very long list. I'm still scrolling. I'm still scrolling. I'm still scrolling of wow. Yeah, of whiskies and, and, and labels. Who, who's got the artwork, the actual artwork? Does Emily keep it or, or do you purchase it or how does it work? Well, she, she the, the original pencil um, sketches, there, is a, there, there was a story online a little while ago when she was just in the local, the, the last whiskey magazine as well, talking to her. There was an interview with her. But, yes, it all starts with a pencil sketch. And so she must have all of those. Uh, yeah. And then once it's agreed, she colors it. It's scanned and digitized and, and colored and comes back. There's a little bit of back and forth. Very little, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, mainly just about brightening, brightening things up, making it less brown. You know, we had this we had this series. We had a phase where all of our labels were quite brown, and we tried to change that and brighten them up a bit. They were getting a bit too brown. Um, I've just looked at the label register now our website is hopelessly out of date i just couldn't keep up we well, do have with the latest baseball card releases we're um, just looking at it on screen that that's so that's the american series just come out yeah the usa yeah, series yeah um we have cool. 250 i think well i didn't count all of the the, um, the, so cool. the distilleries that we'd bottled before as baseball cards as well, because we'd already bottled a, a batch of Copper Works and few and a few of the other um, uh, American whiskies. But I reckon we've got over 215 unique labels now uh, that Emily has drawn. Because most of the labels, the label generally stays the same for, for the Scottish distilleries. Every yeah. label tells a story. We have changed a few over the years. Um, we do these series now, so we did a record series where we changed all of the standard labels into a riff on the original one slightly. Um, but yeah, every label tells a story. We like to tell stories. And in the Scotch whiskies, that's fairly easy because there's lots and lots of history going back with Scotland and we can pick some obscure references from some of the Scottish labels. Uh, with the New World distilleries that we've been bottling, we like to talk to the distillers and get some stories from them. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. We decided we'd go with a vintage baseball card series it's for this. so cool, Dave. It is just so cool. It's, so that came out. Art, last it's art. It's just art. Mm. Yeah. They're, they're just, Very the, distillers, the distillers were really up for that. We, we asked them if they'd be interested in, in being part of this, you know, a baseball theme. And yeah, yeah, we're, they all sent their pictures. Emily had them in different poses. I mean, some of them really went to town and got pictures of them holding baseball bats and everything. <laughs> Not just one picture. They sent a collection of pictures. They all chose, chose their colours um, and anything that they wanted to put on uh, you know, little little badges or or symbols on their their uniform. Uh, and then give them something idiosyncratic with the either the distillery or or um, with the whiskey sort of thing. Yeah, yeah and they will balance it back up. Yeah, it is, it is, it is stunning. Well, like I was saying to you off offline, Dave, um, I I have a, a massive amount of respect and, and pay homage to. Uh, boutique and, and and the labels and the designs and the whiskey um and i put a lot of credence in art and you guys massively influenced me and and gave me the confidence to try something different from an artistic standpoint um and yeah i i keep coming back to you you look at your bottles it makes you smile it it what 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 just look the other way a little bit 
Oh, I don't want you talking to my ear. I keep sorry. <laughs> Just give me one that hangs on my head and make it a lot easier. I tell you. Um, no, it wouldn't. Everyone gets sick. But yeah, it's the whole thing of the unboxing, isn't it? It's the experiential thing of you know, it, and people look at it and they appreciate it for what it is. So by the time they're actually putting the liquid in in the glass, they're they're ready to go. They're in the right frame of mind. I firmly believe that. Yeah, when we first came onto the scene just over 10 years ago, there was very, you know, whiskey was dull looking. It was all very, very standard. And that's one of the things we wanted to walk away from is to, you know, whiskey should be fun. And there, very, there was very few labels with any color on it. It was all about the age statement. And yeah, we wanted a bit, bit of fun. Um, when you look at the whiskey shops now and the new releases, you know, even... Even Diageo, with all their special releases, have lots of colour in card. I was taken, introduced to, hey, they look a bit like a boutique label now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just a, a little dig in the ribs for them. But yeah, they yeah. Just, everyone's got a boutique label these days. <laughs> Trendsetters should, should have patented that. That's why, that's why we've been evolving. You know, we've been trying to change. That's why the baseball card series came out. You know, our latest, the, the, the 10th birthday ones, we let um, Emily take charge completely of our birthday scotches. Mm-hmm. So we said it's down to her. We want her to do her style because she's really a screen printer, screen design, screen print designer. Yeah, right got a great series of prints if you look at her online shop at emily chapel the artist or whatever it is yes, yeah. she does a lot of screen printing and she's got a little side cover called mutant mule and i should have had a mutant mule t-shirt on because i just love everything about mutant mule it's these three-eyed beasts um and we just let her have a go at uh, the fibers do what she wanted to do and they came out amazing i must admit they they are screen prints and they're just one of my favorite, the five are my favorite labels. She took, played a riff on the original labels and just did them in her style, how she would print them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's uh, super, super, super cool. So does she like whiskey? <laughs> Emily does. Yeah. She, she, I've invited her to a couple of um, shows. When I'm up in Scotland, I invite her to every show that I'm going to. She's, a, you know, she's always welcome. Um, people always want to come and see her and people get her to sign bottles. Yeah. Uh, I invited her down for the London show a few years ago when the, when the theme for the big London show was whiskey and art. Oh, um, yeah. We set up a big store. We had um, posters made, you know, of, of the labels or bigger cards that Emily was signing uh, yeah, she loved it. She absolutely loved it when she came down. I mean, is she a, is she a whiskey geek? No, but she loves a whiskey. Um, but she loves all the stories and she loves working. Still loves working with us after ten years, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I reckon yeah. she's got got a good gig. Yeah, I was just going to say. So, come back to the actual whiskey then. So, how do you go about? Um, getting hold of, of of the whiskey so you're dealing with lots of different distilleries so is that just from relationships building relationships and, and yeah. going from there yeah i mean certainly at the beginning it was quite difficult um persuading new world distillers to part with a cask um because who, who, who the bloody hell are you and, uh, and, you know, Scotch whiskey was a little bit easier, certainly when we first started. It's almost impossible at the moment. I mean, the price of whiskey, it's just 
it's, it's, it's really, really tough out there for independent bottlers at the moment. The price of spirit is just shooting. It was a little bit easier for us. Um, you know, Scotch whiskey is unique and it's, it's born on the back of blending, uh, you know, blended Scotch whiskey. So there are whiskey brokers uh, and most distilleries are filling casks for fillings for the blended Scotch whiskey industry. And so they can be picked up or they could be picked up in, in, in the back in the day um, at a reasonable price uh, and you could bottle them. And that's what we did as Boutique. Uh, we were finding these sort of really nice casks in the pick of the fillings and thinking, uh, yeah, we could do something with this and we'll release it as a Boutique release. Generally straight as it was. Um, we never said single cask in, in the day. We never said cask strength. It wasn't important to us. We're whiskey geeks. Um, it is what we what we bottled at the time um and yeah, so if yeah. we put a you know a bucket of 15 year old and a 10 year old and it tasted so much better it's so much better with the stuff you know than the than the parts why wouldn't we do that as an independent bottler because that you only remembered for your last bottling yeah and, and so that's what we did now we do tell you if it's cast strength um we have released more at car strength now, natural car strength, uh, really because people have asking for it. In fact, when we first started, we didn't even have an age statement. We never even told you how old it was. It wasn't important. It was really about, you know, we're an independent bottler and we think this is great and, and get some trust into us. We have this sort of mentality within the team as wherever we try something new, whenever we're at a whiskey show, we're looking for new distilleries, we're looking at trying something new you know my old whiskey blog was called whiskey discovery uh sam's old whiskey blog blog sam simmons our head of whiskey was you know dr whiskey it was always about the next one yep and we, you know we have this sort of mentality of when we tried something we want to share it immediately with the team saying you've got to try this this is you know and felix our cast buyer is exactly that oh i went to this distillery at the weekend dave you would have loved it you've got to try it i'll get some in the post here this is fantastic um, yeah, we, we have this. We send a buyer out now to do these trips. But, yeah, whenever we're whiskey What an awful job that is. Yeah, terrible. Awful How do you win that, that gig? A paid it's, job paid whiskey. It's, it's an easier job for him now than it would have been a few years ago, that's for sure. Because, you know, lots of people have heard about boutique whiskey. And it is a little marketing. It, it's a sort of marketing um, way of getting your whiskey into markets that, no one would have heard of. I mean, we bottled the South African whiskey not so long ago. Yeah. Uh, we had that in America. We had that in China. It's in Australia. You know, wow. it's all of a sudden whiskey geeks now know about because you couldn't buy three ships, or very rarely could you see three ships, even over here. Um, and they do make some really lovely whiskey, and certainly Australian whiskey. Very little of it gets this far across yeah. the channel, um, across the across the world ponds. Um, very little of it. You know, Star would have been waving the flag for some time over here. Yeah. That's for sure. We have a little bit of Overeem come over a few years ago. Um, we've had a little bit of um, uh, uh, Lime Burners come over, but it was always small batch Bakery Hill. Just Bakery a little... Hill, yeah, 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 yeah. That was over um, there for a while too, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 But it's always yeah. yeah, not much of it. Um, always a little bit expensive. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's on par with what it is over in Australia as well, I believe. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. Oh, look, we still pay the Australia tax in yep. Australia. <laughs> we're, we're about we're about to hit a hundred dollars, hundred dollars a liter of pure alcohol 
uh, I think in August because it's CPI adjusted. And I think we're second or third highest in the world for excise tax. Um, I want to have a countdown clock, right? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to other distillers and I brought it up at, at the conference saying we should have a big countdown clock going yeah, like a New Year's Eve clock. 10, 9, 8, yeah, yeah $100. Because $100 from a marketing standpoint and trying to get the message out there to consumers, that, that's a big amount when you say we pay $100 tax, right? And they go, they can relate to $100. They can't relate to $97.58, but they can relate to $100. <laughs> no. On a liter of pure alcohol. Pure alcohol, yeah. Not even yeah. 50% in a 700 ml bottle. Yeah. Yeah. So you're pushing about almost that could potentially be 30 bucks a bottle of tax. Mm. So that's that's your tax going up is $100 per liter of pure alcohol. That's yeah. just your tax. Yeah. Your duty. Yeah. yeah. Your duty. Yeah. 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 I think ours is go, just going up to 30 pounds over here. In, in August, it's been twenty eight seventy four for a long time. It's going up to yeah. going up ten percent a liter of pure alcohol, uh, which is you know it's and, and then we've got yeah sales tax on top of that as well, the yep, VAT and stuff like that. But tax uh, yeah, tax, yeah, pushing it all up. You have to talk to Jonathan Craig, crafty. I think Todd or I can do that. Clock. It must be a different Todd because it's definitely not this. Little black duck. <laughs> Todd's got a new skill. You got a new skill, Todd. Yeah. No, let's let's throw him under the bus. See if he can explain what he's going to do. <laughs> What's your technical way of doing that? Yeah, how do you put a clock together, Todd? <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you've seen any, any of our podcasts, Dave, but um, we have a session which we call "Throw Todd Under the Bus," and so what we do is Todd gets to ask some specific questions, but what tends to happen is we ask all the questions. So when it's throw Todd on the bus, he's there like, well, fuck, you've asked all the questions. What am I going to do? <laughs> so we're actually getting um, squeezy toys, uh, stress stress balls, but they're not stress balls. They're stress buses. And it's going to be Todd's <laughs> throw Todd on the bus. I'm just negotiating with the printer at the moment if we can get Todd's face on the bottom of the bus yeah. with us on top of the bus. Yeah. And we're just trying to work out the artwork. That. <laughs> <laughs> but that little bit of fun looks like this. And now it's time for Throw the Todd, the Todd under, under the, the bus. I think we should do it now. <laughs> oh, what's that? What the hell is that? Look, I don't know why his name's Doofus. That's the question you're going to ask me. I, I this is why. I, I know, I know. Oh, give me a break. Quite well. that, that was a shocker. That was a shocker. It's even better now that I've cropped it. Oh, look at that. enlarged it. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That'll never come out on a T-shirt, all right? I'm telling you. Oh, there's a thought. Maybe we can get that along the back of the bus. <laughs> look, you just yeah, played with it. would be a good idea, there. wouldn't it? <laughs> right, that was a great stalling tactic. So, what are your what are your questions? Because we're not that far into the session tonight. So, you okay. should be loaded to the gunnels with questions, Todd. Loaded to the gunnels with questions. First question: How can I get a job with a reputable distillery? <laughs> <laughs> one, preferably one that pays. That'd be great. But... <laughs> 
he's a bit punchy tonight, isn't he? He's a little bit punchy. Okay, so the first question was one that came in really early on. I did put it up, but it sort of wasn't quite the right time. So this is actually a little bit of help from Dave, Dave Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your standout whiskey of the year? Oh, so far. Crikey. Um, yeah, what have I... Geez, just having a quick look at what, what I've tasted this year. Seriously, um, well, that was last year, really. All of this year, I can't really tell you about at the moment. Um, <laughs> All right, last, last year would be relatively good, but, you know. Yeah, the, 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 um, for, is last last year for you is probably this year for us. Yeah, good yeah, like yeah the, well, the whole of our Australian series, I think, um, has has been real big standouts for me. The um, the little the chief son. Uh, lightly peated. Mm -hmm. I think that's just a beautiful, beautiful whiskey. Uh, the Launston, yeah. which is very much typically Tas Tasmanian, uh, it's just a refill bourbon barrel. But for five-year-old, it's absolutely beautiful whiskey. And this, like I say, this this Flurio, Flurio, is that how you call Fleurio. it? Flurio. Yeah. I always want to go Fleurio. Um, but um, sixty-five percent we bowled this at natural cast strength, and Jeez. it is just beautiful it just so so much other whiskies i've really been blown away with by germany i think some of the some of the small distilleries uh that uh, in germany they're making some amazing whiskey and it's all down to the quality of the wood that they're using yep so this little distillery called um saint Kellen? it's called ellsburn oh, uh hercinian distillers i think they're, they're called and they have a number yep. of different brands but they only use new sherry casks um wine casks and they only use them once and the quality of the whiskey is absolutely beautiful i could stick them in a blind tasting alongside some big old space ciders and nobody would know they would believe me that was a 20 year old glenn farkless or something like that they would believe it and it was a five-year-old um and what uh the nordics are doing sweden and um finland in particular the the rye whiskey is coming out of finland Kiro, um, Helsinki distillers, I've been blown away with every time. Helsinki, seriously good stuff. And Kiro, there's a hundred percent malted rye, which is fabulous. It's downstairs in my cabinet. I bought, bought some of there. They've got some, so not, not the um, not the herring, not the, not the herring. Now, that was a number of years ago, that was a long time ago now. Quite that was back <laughs> in 2014, I think I tasted that. Yeah, so that that was top of the list of 2014, though. That was the top of the list back then. Um, <laughs> yeah, the next series that we have, I mean, that we have got. Um, there is a very old Glengarry in there, and I'm rather, rather attached to the Glengarry, especially old school Glengarry when they used to floor malt, um, and they used to have a little bit of peat in there. It just brings a little tear to your eye when you taste that sort of stuff. It does become very, very attached to. It old school Glengarry, so that's probably my highlight of the of the year this year of new whiskies tasted. Mm. How many whiskies do you reckon you taste in a year? Uh, when I was writing uh, a whiskey blog before I started working full time in the industry, about four hundred new whiskies a year. Wow. Shit. Jesus. Yeah. So that was uh, I was at every whiskey show. Um, yeah, because I was a whiskey blogger, lots of stuff was being sent to me. Uh, a whiskey club, so we ran a whiskey club. 
so yeah I, it was it was it was definitely over 400 um releases a uh, new whiskies a year nowadays probably a little bit less i mean what we're releasing these days um probably about <clears throat> yeah not not so much these days but of new whiskies i mean every everything is boutique is is a new whiskey that's for sure and we've um We've certainly done a few over the last couple of years, but I don't think we've got anywhere as close as 400 year, uh, a year now. Yeah, oh. it's a little bit less these days. That's a lot. That's still a lot. Yeah. When, so when, you, so when you're still doing my thing, you just shut up and pay. Oh, okay. Two. Okay. All right. Ooh, he's punchy yeah. today. I've got to be, or else you just throw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're on the bus. Keep going. Yeah. So when, so when you're pulling a um, – a set of whiskies together what, what's sort of the process obviously you have someone out there collecting the different samples but then you sit around a room and taste them and then sort of go through a list of knocking off the ones that you're not too sure about or yeah we've been buying whiskey for a good few years now and so we have a, a register of casks that we have in um yeah, you know, of what, what we've got available to pull, pull from and we have these themes that we're thinking ahead uh, of, of what we're going to be doing over the next couple of um, releases more than you know four to five releases ahead that we're trying to think ahead and then start buying whiskey in from that wow. generally it's either samples being sent so we'd, we'd, uh, we'd request samples from a distiller and they'd send a load of samples and then we'd taste them and say yeah this one this one and this one and maybe not that one generally we say yeah we'll take them all and then they come back to us and says oh I wish we'd um, sent you more yeah <laughs> Um, it, we were taking just about everything. There's there, obviously, if there's something that's not right for boutique, we won't take it. Simple as that. Just when we have, yeah, we we have had to turn a few distillers down at, in the past. Um, so okay, not not quite at the moment. Um, so so what, what are you sort of looking for in your whiskies? Well, we we have these themes that we we go through. You now we had a world series, we had a rye series, we've had a wine cask series where we're looking for wine cask finishes, and then we go to a country. Uh, the American whiskies, we were just looking to. Uh, we had a cask buyer out in the states uh, a little while ago, uh, and it still does a little bit of part time work for us. Wingo, we used to, you know, like you've just been thrown under the bus. We used to have this thing on our podcast called Wake Up Wingo. Because <laughs> we were yeah. just calling. Watch that, Todd. You might get some inspiration. <laughs> we, we used to call him in the middle of our podcast and wake him up. We knew it'd be five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and we'd wake him up, and he'd answer the phone. And oh, what? What? And then we'd just ask him some really serious questions, and he would think on his feet. And, and kind of, it's just one of my favourite parts of the of the of the podcast. Waking up, Wingo. <laughs> so yeah what are we looking for? Yeah, whiskey's on a theme basically our next one is and we did a, a boutique records series a little while ago oh, where we just cool. we just wanted to make all of our labels look a bit like not record sleeves um but musical styles so a, one that looked like a mixtape i loved those labels a mixtape we did one sort of like a we did a Dalian of a, an old 78 style of record. Um, yeah, we streaming series. So, yeah, if, if, if you – it's on there. It's a little while ago. Uh, yeah. The record, Icky Records, there was a link to – I'm just going to drop it in. Can I drop the link in? You can, I believe. Uh, 
where can I? Well, I can, I can only yeah, try, put it put it into the private chat, and we'll move it over into the uh, uh, into the comments for everyone to have a look at at home. Yeah, that was uh, we just bought a collection of whiskies, and that was all Scotch whiskies. Um, but we just decided that we would uh, we wanted to mess around with the labels slightly different to sell it on the art as opposed to. Um, and, and that's what's coming up next. We've got a collection of whiskies that we put to a theme. Um, Here it be... comes. I'm, I'm getting there, people. I'm sorry. It's um, uh, quicker than Crafty would do it. So, oh my God, I I hit paste rather than um, copy. It's and... your porn folder. What's your porn folder doing? <laughs> oh, no, <that's> <laughs> what you don't want your pictures getting out? <laughs> hey, no this, is, <laughs> this is an adult podcast, all right? <laughs> I'm gonna to have to mark it, it uh, explicit on the, uh, on the iTunes listing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we have a theme, and then we try and find the whiskies to fit the theme. Sometimes we have the whiskies, and then we try and fit a theme around that. That's the that's the way we were working through on there. But we have these ideas. Oh, wow. of what we're just looking at the mixtape one. Yeah, they're wicked. Hey, yeah. you, you, got, you got to have an art gallery. Seriously, you got to have an exhibition. You must. Are you going to do an exhibition with the art? We haven't. No, we've never done an exhibition with the art. Yeah. Oh. You should do that. Take it on tour, man. We did get some, Australia. We did get some records. We did get some record sleeves made of, yeah. of um, sort of these artworks. Proper a comment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, show us. Let's have a look. Bring that up again, Dave. So we had some. 12 inch sleeves made. Oh, that's awesome. super cool. And then on the back, all the whiskies. Ah, there you go. So then you just need to do a special printing of an episode of the podcast on a on a vinyl in a sleeve. Yeah. Bam, you don't need to do this anymore. You've got enough money to retire on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was that was that was a really good um yeah I really love that series of yeah um, I, I, I can imagine speaking of that you've got your own podcast haven't you well we put it on hold for a little while as we've been a little bit busy so yeah we the uncorked podcast is is still up there and there we still have yeah. people listening but we haven't recorded one for a long time and we need to get back to it but it has been a little bit busy recently uh both Sam and I have taken on a little bit more responsibility over the over the couple of years doing other things not just for boutique but for all the other things around all the um the, the darkness brands um the atom brands oh right. Okay. right so yeah of course you've got the the other brands still yeah. yeah okay that's man you are busy you are very very busy yeah, yeah. it's been you know, been a been a bit of busy uh busy time and um yeah, we we Sam and I just for the people behind the mics, and we had other people that edited it and put it together, and and just that's the thing that we don't have time is putting the editing and getting the guests. Sometimes we can get the guests in, but uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a 
What's so, this editing? Editing. We, we, that, that's, because, that's because they're not as professional as us, and they, they had to edit out things. Whereas, yeah, we can we can do it in one take. Yeah, right. not editing. And and take every time. And no they people, I'm sure. Yeah, Pete, 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 and I. Pete is uh, Boutique Pete and Boutique Dave. Um, with you know, Pete is the rum guy, and uh, yeah, we do these little videos uh, with with the complete series, or we do something called Tots and Drams, which is just us shooting the shit basically yeah um, and you can find on the boutique youtube channel so there's lots of stuff on there of us messing around and you might find some of the podcasts on there but certainly you will find pete and i talking through the whole series which is a lot of fun of all these different releases where we taste them and i like to put them in front of him and he tastes them blind and you can watch his face it's oh no you weren't expecting that and i do exactly yeah. the same with his runs i so that's always a lot of fun working with him taking a an hour or so just to go for a complete series and talk about each of the whiskies and rums uh, and, and introduce them to each other, which then we use for us, the sales team, watch them basically rather than sit there and join in us for a couple of hours during the day. Very, very right. cool. There's a thought for us. Mm. Yeah. We, we, we could shoot the shit over some tots and drams one day. One day. We'll have to do that. And look, they've got 176 subscribers on their YouTube. That's Ooh. so many more than us. <laughs> That's not so right. I've got to tell you a story. You'll love this, right? Um, so it was my daughter's birthday, her 13th birthday party last week, right? And I had to take her and her, her friends out uh, to an amusement thing. And that was all cool. All cool. And we're talking about TikTok. And I've got a TikTok. I just sort of dabble on it, just try out different things, right? And uh, so one of them, Anira, um, and she's quite a quiet little little girl, right? Um, and I said, Anira, how's your TikTok going? She goes, fine, fine. And I go, well, I'm I'm up to almost three hundred, I think it is. And I go, how much? How much are you? And she goes, seventy eight thousand. <laughs> she 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 had one video which apparently. One TikTok went up four million. Holy shit! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and she just creates these little animated things, and it's like, oh wow! Do you want to share your followers with me? <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> I and I said I'll follow her, and she said I blocked you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't cope with TikTok. It's oh, just... it's a weird one. It's a weird one. TikTok. There's some really cool stuff, but there's some really weird oh. stuff as well. You can't bring it up on mute either. As soon as it comes on, it comes on full blast. Um, yeah. I, I wear I wear hearing aids, and they're they're Bluetooth, and they're connected to the phone. So as soon as you click on TikTok, all of a sudden it's bang in my ears, and I can't. I've just deleted it. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, no, and it's always loud, obnoxious, and anything with a anything that has a laugh track behind it is that one awful laugh. Yeah, one awful canned laugh. Yeah, that can. just grates. Yeah, grates me as well. I can't. <laughs> what I do like, do you remember the old TV series Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes. It's an American improvisation show. Yeah. Um, absolutely brilliant. So there's a lot of old there are there are a lot of old ones episodes. Yes. And you, they're only like a minute or so, but oh every time I watch them, I just a bit of wee escapes every time. <laughs> It's kind of just find them on YouTube. It's much easier, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. It's got more control. Too. And when you pay for the, the subscription, you don't get the ads. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so got, going back to the question out of the um, audience. 
Oh, have we? What is it? Do you um, series? We haven't got an Isla series. No, not as a, as a boutique series. We haven't got an Isla. I mean, we, yeah, it's really it's hard to do. It's really yeah. hard at the moment yeah. to get Isla whiskies. We have got some uh, lovely Isla whiskies still in the warehouse, which we will be bringing out under boutique soon, I think. Yeah, um, yeah we, we, we will be having a series which will explore that sort of style of whiskey, but it would be from whiskeys, not just from Isla, that's for sure. So how much do you, how much do you, uh, whiskey or how many casks do you reckon you've got in storage waiting to go? Um, Frankie, that's a difficult question. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a constantly moving mm. um thing that we've got going that's for sure there must be several hundred of them yeah wow and is there something that you've been sitting on um yes yeah, some of it we do we buy it and sit on it for a series you know, it takes a long time to get whiskey across from australia and you know from all these different distilleries and to bring them all together to to, to grab a, a collection together so some of it will be sitting in tank uh, in, in ibcs so inert um containers uh, some of it we will have in wood. Some of it is shipped in wood. Some of it's shipped in in a container, basically jerry cans or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that's how it, how it happens. So we don't age it over here, and certainly some of it we can't. Uh, all of us, all, all of our whiskey now is bottled in Scotland. Everything. Um, so we have a warehouse and a bottling line up in up in Edinburgh. Right. So all, all of the whiskey lines are are, are done there. Um, it always had to be, I mean, certainly for Scotch, always had to be, and we've always bottled. Even, you know, Master of Malt's Little Drink by the Drams, they, they've always been bottled in Scotland. Uh, we have control over that now. That's all in-house. Nice. When I first joined, we didn't. We were using subcontractors to um, yeah. bottle our, like a lot of independent bottlers, they have to use subbies to, to bottle their own whiskies. And so you have no control of when you're going to be pulled in. So that was always something that we didn't like because we weren't able to control when we were going to release a series because we were at the back of a queue of, of other independent bottlers. So that's why we opened our own um, bottling line warehouse facility. And we have a facility up there, which we're allowed to store casks. So we've got racks in there for casks so we can you know age them. We can blend them. We can finish them, which is something that we weren't able to do when we first started 10 years ago. Mm. So that's fairly new. Um, but yes, um, yeah, we weren't, blending but we are blenders now uh because we do put things together the blends that we put out not all of them we do buy blends i mean we get offered blends that are, have been put together over the years from different companies that come come into line and then that's not what we want to do anymore and these sort of casts come available and certainly when you're looking for companies that change hands um, that's when all these sort of casts come available. When distilleries change hands, when when companies change hands, you know, from a, one to another, uh, all of a sudden there's a there's a little market going on. But not so much these days. Yeah, it's pretty tight. I um I, I got a, an experience I'll share. So I've got a I think it's about eighteen percent stake in a in a Brook Laddie Port Charlotte cask, um, which is actually eighteen even nineteen years old. And we're bottling it as we speak. And we've got had to go through brokers. And I got an email today saying, yeah, it's in the queue. Um, we'll let you know. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like, um, 
okay. <laughs> you got a whiskey when? But the cool, the cool thing about it, or maybe cool, we'll find out. I before Remy Remy took over Brook Laddie, um, yeah, I got this cask and I said I wanted the wood if that was possible because I wanted to bring it to Australia and just basically do a toast and then put it into my distillery because I have such a connection to Brook Laddie. I've got a shrine in my little distillery to Brook Laddie. Anyway, um, so about two years ago, I, I tried to have conversations with Brook Laddie and saying, right, I'm getting close. Can I, you know, can I secure the wood um, to bring it back to Australia? And it was uh, uh, corporate says no. Hmm. So, so I'm hoping someone will throw it in the back of a Volvo. She knows who I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or he. Or what? Or he. Or he. Or he. Or he. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really want the wood. I really want the wood. Uh, just to, it's for me, it sort of completes a, a story. Uh, you know, it's the, the reason I do what I do now is because of Brook Laddie. That was, that's where it all started with me. Right. So, so do you have with all the it must be thousands upon thousands of whiskies that you've tried by now yeah is there is there a unicorn for you something no. that you would love that you want that you desperately need to try but have not been I've able been... to no, no, I don't think so. I've been really fortunate. I mean, always when I'm asked what's my favourite whiskey, I'll always say usually the next one uh, <laughs> because it is, you know, it is just a drink. And I have been really fortunate, you know, as a whiskey blogger back in the day, I was invited to a lot of launches. So I was able to taste some amazing old whiskies. Uh, unicorn whiskies, probably I would say what I'd love to try is some of the old American rye whiskies, old Monongahalen rye. That would be kind of cool to have some of that from the late 1800s. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that, that's all, all those little distilleries. That would be kind of cool, um, but unlikely to happen. Yeah, I, I, you know, certainly of old scotches, I was very fortunate. I was invited to lots of those um, launches from people like Gordon McFarl when they did the 75-year-old Mortlach. Uh, mm. That was that was. That was lovely. That was absolutely. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't as woody as I thought it was going to be. I must admit, yeah. I thought it was going to be eating eating pencils. Um, right. It wasn't. It was. It was really rather delicious, and the smell was superb. Yeah, unicorn whiskies. No, I don't think I really have anything apart from something way back in history. Mm. Way mm. back in history, um, it would have been uh, some of those old older style of whiskies, completely that aren't really made today. That maybe. Um, you know, the people, the, there were distilleries trying to bring that back. With what we just launched some um, Dad's Hat Rye, which is Pennsylvanian rye, which is trying to recreate that style. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, cool. you know, this is going back from the, the old three-chamber stills and things like that, which would be kind of cool. And I think there's one being built out there now, one of those old three-chamber stills that used to, to, to distill that Pennsylvanian rye. So that would be really something I'd like to try as as... It's just uh, to um, spirits of French lick. Alan, Alan Bishop. Alan Bishop talking about three chamber stills. Three chamber stills. And Leopold Brothers, Todd Leopold. That's the one. Yeah. Yep. He's resurrected the three chamber and, and gone back to an old varietal rye, a yeah. bruisey rye. I've tasted yeah. it. It's uh, mm. 
it's a powerhouse whiskey. It's full of flavor and the grain oh. is there. So the one in Pennsylvania, is that, they're building a three chamber still as well, are they? Or they've got one? No, no, they haven't. But I've just been, yeah, the Leopold Brothers, I remember reading about that. And I remember reading something on the, uh, when I was researching rye whiskey for American um, history, American whiskey history for a podcast that we did when we released our first rye series we released a collection of nine rye whiskies in one hit you know which is pretty brave yeah to do um and i did get a chance at that time to visit a number of distilleries up upstate new york uh, and one one little distillery called copper sea uh which i fell in love with uh the distillery the place uh and the whiskey which is, you know direct fired stills um just yeah. a little tiny farm distillery maltings on the floor in one barn they built everything themselves new make spirit just falling off into milk churns you know they're the cuts they're the heads move the milk churn new make spirit on the floor next churn underneath yeah yeah direct fire right underneath gas rings around just dip your finger in yeah i mean just like Stepping back in time. Stepping back in time. Back in time. Yeah. And they did, a, they did a green malt whiskey. Oh, yeah. So they green didn't, you know, like they malt, malt the grain. They don't kill it. Oh. Hmm. Right. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just, the green malt's just um, steeped, isn't it? It's 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 not kilned, is that from memory? Yeah, they don't, they don't kiln it. If from, yeah. some, from malting, it goes into industrial mincers. Uh, yeah, just a nightmare, but the whiskey is... is mm. you got to move real quickly with it, too. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. It'll start to Go, turn. Yeah, start to turn. That, that's yeah, the yeah. word. And that's, you, that, that's a good that segue, good. and I'm going to do the segue. So, American <laughs> trips. American trips. So, um, <laughs> or... Or what we like for, to call financing, for, for, finance, financing, trips. financing American trips. So for those that don't know, Aussie Craft Distillers shooting the shits. We got exclusive rights for Jim McEwen's uh, biography written by Udo. Oh yeah, yeah, awesome book, stunning book. So we've actually just bought in thirty-six books into the country, and we've got two hundred and fifty on the way. So we're going to be selling it to every distiller. We are going to be selling it to every whiskey aficionado and every wannabe distiller. That's where you get it, That's on the website. On the website. That's where you get it. Shootingtheshit.com.au. There's a big orange button saying pre-order now. Which is actually order now. Yeah. Ooh, it is. That is now. Yeah, we can change the order. We can. So we have yeah. to speak, we to, have to, have to, speak to our web. There's order now until we get through the first 36, and then it will be yeah. pre-order for the. Yeah. Shouldn't it be a green button now, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 just, uh, just go shits and giggles blue. Yep. <laughs> so, like red, red just to pop with everyone. This is also a charity cause because this is going to fund. <laughs> no, no, we can't call it a charity. We're not registered. Oh, we're not registered. Okay, <laughs> this is to fund our US trip next year and potentially day. Ireland as well to Waterford. So the, the Todd. Luke and myself, please, we need your help so we can go to the US. We can do our research. We can go right. and see Todd Leopold. We can we can get the bottle of Three Chamber Whiskey he's promised me for two years. So we can learn about Three Chambers. We can learn about Pennsylvania rye. We can learn about New York-style rye. Well, it, it is, it, all that aside, it's a really good read. It As you can see, it's a substantial rye. book. Oh, oh it is. There's more than two no, 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 words no, no, no. on the page. 
All right, it's on. It's, it's not full of pictures. It's a really good, easy read, isn't it, Crafty? The cool thing about it is if you know Jim McEwen and you've heard Jim McEwen speak, when you read this book, you hear his words and it puts a little smile on your face. Mm-hmm. A bit like a boutique bottle of uh, whiskey puts a smile on your face. Look at that. Mark Rainier. Massive book. Yeah. Oh, no, Jimmy, oh, geez, they look like they look like Mark Rainier on the shop. Um, speaking of that, going back to um, uh, best whiskey, um, we had a, a very fortunate experience with uh, Waterford Distillery coming to Australia, and I heard you say, Dave, that you're you're getting over to Ireland uh, in the not too distant future. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, go and go and see. Go and see. Do you know Ned? Ned Gahan, you know Ned. I'm going, yeah, and Ian. I know Ian as well. Oh, cool, cool, cool. So yeah. the Waterford, um, the Hunter, the Hunter for me, it, the Hunter variety whiskey is uh, my favourite whiskey of the year so far. It is such an intriguing nice. whiskey. Yeah. It's it's hard to describe. It's like um, the aromatics are very similar to barley in a field. Um, yes. the, the, so for those that don't know what the hunter is, what's the base grade? It's an old varietal of barley that Waterford resurrected from a seed bank, literally a handful of seed. Yeah, and heritage it, grains. Heritage grains and planted it and then uh, managed to get enough to actually make some whiskey. So, mm-hmm. um, and they're going further with hunter. It's going to go into, they're going to do organic with it down the track and they'll do biodynamic. Uh, Waterford for us, for me, is one of the most exciting distilleries on the planet. Yeah, yeah, I want to. Yeah, I'm definitely stopping into them. And the other one that's not far from them is called Blackwater. Oh yeah, yeah. Blackwater Distillers, and they're make they've been making some green malt as well um, over there, which I'm I'm going to go and see them too. Um, so what's um, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's one of the ones I want. Yeah, it's a bit of a busman's holiday. This is probably <laughs> tax deductible. But, um, no, I'm just, I, I, <laughs> just going over there. So, uh, yeah, Peter Mulryan, he's written a few books on Irish whiskey. Uh, oh, yeah. So Pete, Pete's been uh, the Blackwater Distiller. So he's Blackwater Distillery. It's well worth checking out. They've been doing oh, well. some malt. Cool. I've been talking to him about green malt, and I want to go and see them. Lovely little tiny distillery. But, yeah, trying some old Irish styles, uh, really shaking the tree, challenging the... The, the current Irish whiskey directive, which I think, you know, they should. Uh, and I'm really hoping that this new wave of English whiskey really shakes the tree. Uh, I don't want them to be trying to be, you know, tie the rules up and be Scotch whiskey. I really want them to be yeah. innovative uh, and try different things. I mean, yeah, yeah, we've been maturing whiskey in casks for a long time, but you need a cooper. You need those skills. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, those trees... You know, why can't we do something different? We, we bottled some whiskey from a little distillery in Bristol, an English whiskey where we couldn't call it whiskey because it's only 40 days old. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. okay. and, and it's been matured in a tank in an IBC yep. with charred oak spindles suspended. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yep. How cool, how cool is that? I mean, yeah. that, is, that is really cool. And it's got a color and it's got a flavor and it's not new make spirit. But why shouldn't New Mate Spirit be called whiskey? 
Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Now we're going to go for another round. Now we're going to release the Kraken. Okay. So in Australia, um, accelerated accelerated maturation spirit, or as we call it here, malt spirit, is a legitimate category. Mm. And it's really exciting. It's really innovative. There, there's some guys doing some really cool things with natural um, Australian hardwoods, which is really exciting. However, 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 the terminology, the name single malt is being used. And it's causing a, a ruckus because single malt is basically single malt whiskey. If you do a Google search, type in single malt, it's single malt whiskey. If you do the man on the street, uh, it's single is single malt whiskey. If you do a pub test, uh, so there's a number of distillers, a sizable number of Australian whiskey distillers that are basically taking the position. It's cool. It's innovative, and that's what Australia is all about. Go for it, but stay in your lane. It ain't single malt, so therefore it ain't single malt whiskey. So we're not traditionalists, but it's the, if it's made with that grain, yeah, and distilled. It's still a whiskey. I mean, in the old days. No, right? no, not, under, not under a 120-year-old legislation. If it looks like whiskey, smells like whiskey, tastes like whiskey, it has to be two years in wood. doesn't even have to be oak. Just when two was years two years in bought in PA? When? Yeah. Uh, 120 years ago, something. Okay, so so in, in the UK, it was 1915 was the Immature Spirits Act. Yeah. Uh, so that's when two, it was originally two years and then went to three years and then went to 40%. So that's yeah. before that. It was anything goes, you know. American whiskey was mostly off the still, yeah. Uh, and and whiskey, it, it still is whiskey straight off the still in America. And I, yep. I think, you know, yep. it, it should be the uh, same as rum is rum when it comes off the still, and is either aged rum or unaged rum. And yep. and I think whiskey should be the same. And single malt, if it's a hundred percent malted barley in small batches in pot stills, that's the definition of single malt to me. Oh, we've got to get them on out. We're, we're going to have a debate in, in Australia. We're, we're uh, a proper full-on debate, and it's going to be for the affirmative and for the negative. So you <laughs> you can uh, – we'll get you on on the Zoom session. Hi. <laughs> I, 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 want, I want English whiskey to challenge that 1915 Spirits Act. And, yeah. yeah no, I, really, I really want them to challenge it. Why should they yeah. call it? I think spirit? It's, not a, it's, it's not about – the uh, challenging the, the ability to make it or the innovation. Yeah. Uh, the the uproar is primarily around um, what does the what does the customer expect? What are they when they're when they're looking at two bottles on a shelf, uh, one that is a single malt from uh, a distiller that's had it sitting there in their uh, bond store for at least two years. They've done it. It's done the time. They've waited. They've waited. They've waited, and now it's ready. Yep. Uh, and they've called it a single malt whiskey because that's by definition what it is. Yeah. Then you've got somebody else who's come along and, yeah, used a, a pressure system or a, uh, whatever it is to do the accelerated aging in two weeks, sitting on the that's same shelf. Spirit. Sorry, it's a two week. A two. It's a whiskey. Two week old. That's spirit. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whiskey. But to, yeah, no, but the, the consumer. So the, 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 the question that's going around in the industry, and I'm, I'm in this camp, is whiskey brand Australia, right? We have to protect whiskey brand Australia, right? So it's got to be recognisable. If someone picks up something and it's 
very young, right? And they taste it and go, oh, is that what Australian whiskey is, right? Because it sits on the shelf as single malt, right? Aye. And it's, it's not a representation of what Australian whiskey is, the diversity of Australian whiskey. So you could have experiences where people go, it's not for me, right? It doesn't taste like what I associate whiskey to be, right? And so they move on. Or they move back to Scotch or they move on to American or whatever. Mm. So what we're saying is we do need rules and regulations to define what Australian whiskey is, um, but absolutely no stifling of creativity or um, uh, creation because – yeah, we're we're very very innovative. That's our that's our technical. Our we're more pushing for it to be more transparent, though. Transpa yes. Yeah, that's it. It's 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 Put it on your label that that you you've got a two week old whiskey. Yes, oh, absolutely. It yeah. should have the age so, so that Joe Average punter goes into the store. He sees that it's two week old whiskey and he buys it. That's his his choice. But he, he's buying it knowing that that's what it is. That's illegal. If it smells right. like, looks like, tastes like whiskey. And oh, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I hear you. I agree with so, that. So we've still got the legislation we've got to comply with. Um, but there is a push, Dave, uh, for Australia to go to three years, particularly if they're trying to compete in the EU. The, yeah. the EU's yeah. pushing back, um, which is interesting. Oh, one thing before it jumps out of my head. Um, this is something which I find very, very concerning. Um, so the Irish government is pushing to have on their labels that alcohol causes cancer. It's alcohol is carcinogenic, causes cancer. Now, apparently the EU is pushing back on Ireland on this. Sorry? Everything's carcinogenic and causes well, it, cancer. Exactly. The EU is pushing back on it, right? But this yeah. is a very slippery slope. I, I was involved in my former life in food packaging and a part of the portfolio I was involved in was cigarette packaging and I hated it. Right. But I saw how quickly we went from cigarette packaging and advertising to diseased lungs and, and uh, you know, uh, cut up hearts and that on, on the actual packaging. Right. So now this is out in the open in, in Ireland and the EU, this is really concerning. And we're talking about it in Australia because we have so little real estate to play with, with bottles, right? And if you take your, your design, if you start to lose half your label to a diseased lung or, or something like that. Um, well, you're probably going to get a diseased lung if you're inhaling. Yeah, well, true. But are you, are you, what's your take on that? I, I, you know, it's, it's the strong anti-alcohol anti lobby. What's, what's happening over your side of the world in that regard? Are you seeing anything like that? Yeah, um, well, I'm hearing stuff, certainly on social media. They're, they're becoming the first country in the world, aren't they, to mandate health labelling on all alcoholic drinks. So that's wine. Yeah. Yep. Some, some companies yep. are saying, okay, we won't ship to Ireland anymore. Yeah, yep. so I think the choice is going to go up or the price is going to go up. So, yeah, calorie content, grams of alcohol, risk of cancer and liver disease and dangers of drinking while pregnant. I think we have to have that on our labelling now. I think we have really? a symbol that... Of, 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 we have a little tiny symbol on the bottom there of a of a yes. yeah, that's the one. yeah we've got one we have to do now thankfully I, I, I would I would like to see all whiskey labeled that it says if it's been colored or not mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. E150 should be listed as an ingredient I think all whiskey should have that on it 
Yep. Absolutely. It should be in as large letters as the ABV, not in minuscule letter that I need to use my little magnifying glass to look yeah. at, my little spy glass. Yeah. That annoys me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think all whiskey should be labeled like that. <sighs> yeah. I, it's as, as for the other stuff, you know, every car then, every car needs a label on it. You know, don't stand in front of this car, you get run over. <laughs> you know, surely, surely. Yeah, don't go outside, it's dangerous out there. <laughs> don't stand under the sunshine. <laughs> yeah, 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 warning, sun is carcinogenic. <laughs> yeah, do not go out in daylight unless you're covered from head to toe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, no, by the way, you're suffering from vitamin D now, so here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This apple, this, uh, eat this apple at your own risk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 100% agree, mate. 100% agree. It's, it's, um, you know, I, I, just, I just went through this with, and I was saying off air, I just went through this with the local alcohol advertising thing, right? And I got pinged. Uh, for one of my labels, because colours appeal to minors, right? And my my counter argument to that was, so bright colours appeal to minors. Is it the sole domain of 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 minors that like bright colours? No, adults like colours, right? Adults like colours. Says so there's us all in black t-shirts tonight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've got we've got colour where it matters. Yeah, they're, no, they're very slimming. They're very slimming. Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. slimming. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah, but my argument was, um, you know, colours are not the domain of, of just minors, right? Adults like bright colours, and then I I cited a number of artists, like you know, like. Matisse, Gauguin, Andy Warhol, you, you name it, right? And, and different schools of art. And then you say, well, hang on a sec. If you're saying that mine, uh, color appeals to minors, right? Okay. Um, but what colors, what colors are you talking about? You know, where's the specifics? You know, it is, um, is um, 032, Pantone 032 red. Is that I a problem? I think we should just boycott nature. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we've been doing that since the industrial revolution really and that's that's out of control part of our problem. Uh, the one that got me with the alcohol advertising there's, there's a company a beer company called white rabbit right so their logo is a rabbit right and they released the chocolate stout and they got pinged because of a bunny rabbit and chocolate and it appeals to minors hmm. Yeah, well, we we, we I mean, have they're 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 appealing to all those kids that love Alice in Wonderland, uh, and a good we Alice in Wonderland. We 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 have the Portman Group over here that that looks at sort of a voluntary code, and it looks at our labelling. That's why we don't call our labels cartoon; they're graphic novel style labels. Mm. So the cartoons we say graphic novel, and and we've only changed three, uh, two. Because of the Portman Group, because they were quite. Um, there, were, there was two. One was our first Tobermory album uh, label. We did two Tobermory labels that we had to ch with that looked like Tobermory Harbour, and there is a children's TV program, really for the under fives, preschoolers, called Balamori, which is they do have the worst Mori. drinking habit, though, really. Yeah, 
they're all yeah all these preschoolers going into specialist whiskey shops i know i know so that that one we changed and the other one we changed was tomor uh, we only had one iteration of the, we had a sort of a Captain Pugwash style label because um, you know, tomorrow was sort of, was, was. Um, because that particular cartoon takes all the boxes for, for political correctness, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, had a, we had a sort of a, a Tomor distillery as a pirate ship. <laughs> with, with, um, because it was Long John. It was the home of Long John, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Seaman Stains. So yeah, they were the two that we had. Um, and the other one we changed was uh, really because the distillery called us up and said, eh, you wouldn't mind changing that because we don't really like that one. Uh, and so yeah. we did. Yeah. Yeah. And that That's was our funny. that was our tomatin label. They didn't like our tomatoes on, you know, tomatin looks like a tin of tomatoes. Oh, <laughs> it was just shockingly bad pun. Uh, and they just they just asked us nicely, would you, would you mind changing that? Yeah, we can do that. That's not a problem. Mm. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, so we did a more respectful label, especially when we had a 36-year-old tomato and bottle. I thought maybe, oh, maybe right. yeah, yeah, the label yeah. probably wasn't the right thing for a, for a 36-year-old label. So, um, yeah, we changed that to a bit more respectful label. I'm going to have to go and find that now. There was a, a New Zealand uh, gin company. I can't remember the, the sequence of them, but they released the gin, which was called Not Another Fucking Gin. And uh, they got into Australia. And then a year later, they released another gin. What was it called? Um, uh, it was like, what again? Or something like that. It was a, it was a whole series of... That was the whole Fuck 2022. Yeah, it was a Fuck 2022 yeah. thing. Yeah. But it was fuck like, 2020. Yeah, Fuck 2020. <laughs> I'm just going to upload what I think what? is the, uh, the, the Tomatin one. Oh, um, a... There's a lot of tomatoes on that still. Tommy Tomato. There it is, yeah. <laughs> That's the one you had to pull, is it? Or is that the one that you went with? That was the, the earlier one. That was went for three batches, I think, with an 11-year-old and two 21-year-olds. It's so yeah. cool. It's yeah. so not not scotch. It's so not, not scotch. Going back to your comment about uh, uh, caramel, right? I, I find it fascinating. I, we have a bit of a joke, some of us. You go, you know, the Scotch, they're all about tradition, all about tradition, right? Arr, right. So it's it's the barley, right? It's the casks, it's, it's the water, and it's the caramel. <laughs> it's like it's just it doesn't, it just doesn't gel. <laughs> You're doing it again. You're doing it again. I'll go out of here. Look. What happened? What happened? It's <laughs> and on that note uh just like to make special mention to 60 hertz because 60 hertz a lot of commentary tonight and i think he's or whoever they are are new to, uh, to the new zealand uh they've been on before we've seen them they've been on before you just don't see the comments very often do you? oh is that what it is because yeah. i'm too busy trying to look at the, the camera and find the, the camera yeah. 60 hertz for being one of our most loyal supporters yeah. oh sorry guys has never known you before so all right well apologies we'll send you out a throw todd under the bus stress bus when we get it eventually oh. and speaking of that um before we go much further uh, so, can you put that on? So, Whiskey on the Murray, which is a festival coming up uh, in Corowa, so down on the border of New South Wales and Victoria, 
that's not going to work. Uh, we go up. So a number of so it's a Cora distillery. There's one or two distillers. One or two distillers. So we're all and going. Some of them good. Yep, some of them are good, and we're going there just to party hard with our fellow distiller mates. And the cooperage, Murray River Cooperage, is going to be opening. They're going to flame barrels. It's going to be live music. It's going to be food. Dean from Cora. One of those dates again. Twenty uh, eighth. 28th and 29th of uh, July. And with a bit of luck... And those, and those coming from Sydney can do what? They can get on the Aussie Craft Distillers shooting the shit collab bus with Corrima Distillery. We're laying on a big bus, hopefully. So we'll it's take them down market. on a Friday, bring them back on a Sunday. It will be a whiskey extravaganza. And when I'm told about this, I will put it on the website. Oh, that'd be a good move, wouldn't it? <laughs> and on that note, and, hang on, hang on. We, we actually have um, sponsors now, don't we? Yeah, we're going to go through our sponsors, Dave. Settle in. Yep. We got a Settle few in. now. We do. We've got a few. Uh, and they're all awesome. Every yeah, single if, one. If of you them. send me a hat, I will wear them. Because <laughs> someone once told me that wearing my cowboy hat limits me. Oh, really? Yeah. And they've got no idea. Oh, oh Dave's got look, Dave's got something there. Look, Hold on, let me. Let what's me. what's Dave got? Oi, 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 oi. I've got hats. I've got hats all around the room. You might be able to see a few of them on the back there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, up on the wall there. Now that you say. Oh yeah, look at that. Oh yeah. You've got hats like Ben Osborne has. Oh wow. Cowboy there boots. You go. That's the Ben Osborne hat there. Here we go. Speaking the of hats, the uncalled cowboys back. Uh, that's, that's cool. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That's cool. I, I'd um, love to be able to pull off a hat like that. My yeah. head just looks. Sh it just looks shit. Anyway, let's go to our sponsor. All right, walk through them. Uh, starting from one side of the top, depending on which way you're facing. Boyger Craft Malts. Uh, without them, crafty wouldn't exist. Would, wouldn't exist. Wouldn't exist. Really just yeah. a figment of our imagination. It would be yeah. a very watery whiskey. It would be, yeah. And life would be a lot easier. But sure would be. Oh, for you guys. Well, without you, but they're, yeah. no, them, life would be very hard oh, Life would them. be very we hard. Be, yeah, we would no. not have many of the things that we love and enjoy. They are partners uh, in more ways than one. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic malts, fantastic guys. Um, one could say they are almost the backbone of the Australian whiskey industry. We're getting there, getting there, yeah. yeah, yeah. And brewers, and brewers, and brewers, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to get them on um, at some stage. We're doing August. a terroir session. Seventeenth um, of August. Watch for space. Yep, Mark Rainier from Waterford and Stu Whitecross from Voyager Craft Malt about whiskey terroir, and that is going to be a deep, deep dive. That would be very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why not Cooperage? Uh, the little uh, person in a dress. It's not a dress. It's a. It's an apron. He'll thump uh, you next time he sees you. He'll thump you. For him, our spirit would be all over the floor. Yeah. Even more than it is. Yes, Wyan Oak. Uh, great providers of of casks and support. Awesome uh, a mentor, a mentor of mine, and uh, yeah, without Youngy, there wouldn't be Craftworks. Actually. There's a bit of a theme here. There is a theme here. You're you're literally just roping in as sponsors, everybody that you can't live without, yeah. getting money out of them 
to replace the money that you've spent. Well, we need more them. beer coasters, so we've got to fund our beer coaster habits have have somehow. We do need more beer coasters, yes. Yep. Um, a new, a new sponsor, uh, Modwine Labs, all things yeasty. Yeah. Yeasty, yeasty goodness. Liquid cultured yeast. Come out and, and set yeast traps and work out your yeast pro, uh, profile and basically create your own uh, own yeast, a specific strain of yeast. So Josh from uh, Mogwai, we're getting him on in, in a while. Looking forward to it. Deep, deep dive oh, yeah. on yeast. Uh, that'll be fun. That'll be Yeasty fun. Yeasty business. And once you've used your Voyager Craft Malt and put it in, uh, fermented it with your Mogwai Labs uh, yeast and then put it into a youngy barrel, you then need a bottle to put it in. I need a bottle. You need a bottle. Oh, a bottle. And where do I get my bottles from? From Saverglass. 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 One of the great, one of the great supplies of glassware in Australia. A lot of whiskey distillers, a lot of spirits distillers in general using Saverglass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you've done all of those things and put your, uh, you, and you've done a barrel aged gin. Ooh. Yep. And put it. In or a you don't. Have, after doing all those things, you decide you don't really like whiskey. Yeah, well, or barrel-aged gin, barrel-aged gin, let's go that way and not do the dislike. Then you yeah. might even share it with the Australian Gin Appreciation Society. The Gin Society. Appreciation Society. And what is How's the gin appre- fucking tie-in? Yeah, and it's an A-G-A-S, I don't know, A-Gas. A-Gas. It's, a, it's a gas. Yeah, yeah. it's a gas. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It is a, a Facebook group and it's uh, it's huge and it is for all the people who love the Junipery stuff. Uh, As do we. As do we. As do we. we. And we still haven't tried the Jinski, actually. Oh, yeah. Go try the Jinski. Go try the Jinski. We'll yeah. do that later. Yeah. So thank you very much to all of our sponsors. We do really appreciate it. Uh, they do help to um, keep the lights on, so to speak. Uh, cool. Dave. Yes, Thank sir. you. Oh, thank you so much for your time. Excellent. And that's what we aim for. I knew it, it's like Graham Norton's with more alcohol. That's what that's what I got for. <laughs> and well, much less money. What could go wrong? Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Thank you all. Thank you all for, for tuning in. Uh, I will this sounds like something we actually need um penicillin for STS. Yes, yeah. <laughs> We've got our own acronym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a treatment for that. Yeah, it's yeah. called more whiskey. More whiskey. <laughs> uh, Dave, thank you very much. We love your bottles. We love your brand. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us and uh, yeah, taking the time out of your very busy schedule uh, to uh, to have a chat with us. It's been a lot In of the middle of the day, you perceive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Yeah. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you all. Uh, have a good evening, and um, we will catch you next week with uh, don't, look Brad, at, don't look at me. With uh, we've got Brad. Oh, Brad Wright yeah. from Brad Wright Single Malt Whiskey Club and Rum Tribe, and with our guest presenters. So we rotate yeah. presenters, uh, Dave, because we're going from a fortnightly to a weekly format now. Um, so we're keeping so- the presenters secret for Brad, so he's a bit shocked. Just in case he's listening. What shop? Uh, oh. that, that he's not talking to us. He'll get on and go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you dumped me on the B thing. I was expecting them to look like. <laughs> what, Brad? No, it's not a B team, mate. Don't no, think of it no. like that. It's not like that. <laughs> oh.
I can tell you now it is not the B team. That it's is not the B team. No. It's actually the A-plus team. It's yeah. A-plus so much better than we are. <laughs> <laughs> they might actually talk about some stuff. Oh, maybe. But yeah. yeah, it might be worth listening to. Yeah, we might yeah. chime in. <laughs> so thank you again. Thank you, everyone. Have a good evening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Stay on, Dave. Thank you, guys. <laughs>